0: Just reading a couple of uh, notes this morning. Good morning, everybody. Hour one of the Plank Show had been brought to you by Van Hoose Fence, vhfence.com. Call Mr. 59 Mark Van Hoos at 405-735-1167 or vhfence.com. I was reading Pro Football Talk this morning. Now is that time where I'm like, okay, I can I can start dealing with Florio again. <laughs> We're not having to read incessantly about Bill Belichick being on the hot seat. If Bill Belichick's on the hot seat, none of us are safe in anything that we do. Why isn't Mike Tomlin on the hot seat, Josh, if Bill Belichick's on the hot seat?
1: Yeah, well, Tomlin would definitely be, uh, would be up first, for sure. Yeah, it,
0: hilarious to me. Anyway, um, the definition of hot take or idiocy as, as far as ownership is concerned. So I'm, I'm diving into a couple of notes here of Pro Football Talk. The number one story that I see, and you know I'm pretty down right now as a Raiders fan. Just get a little bit. It's like, oh, right, look, Jimmy Garoppolo might be ready to go. Let's let's see how this goes. <laughs> Here's that. Uh, Josh Jacobs leaves Las Vegas. Doesn't plan to return anytime soon. Good. Great.
1: Awesome. Things are going so well. Just uh, like the ownership planned. Uh, Come on down, Caleb.
0: I hope that's the case. I just can't. I can't. I can't do this when a – Listen, Perry, Perry Spencer, I know you're probably not listening. I think he's on vacation this week. If your Broncos could just put me out of my misery in week one, don't even allow a glimmer of hope to pop up. Not not even a glimmer of hope, please. Ugh. And uh, we mentioned it earlier, Naeem Hines, the running back for the Buffalo Bills, who was acquired midseason last year. The bottom line is he's uh, out for the season. Had an injury away from camp. Uh, wh- one of the quick... Note on the NFL as camps get fully underway this week, and we've already had rookies report everywhere. I've kind of gone back and forth on this running backs. They had the Zoom meeting outside of the three guys that have signed, or at least have their franchise tag in front of them. There's only five running backs and make ten million dollars or more this year. Maybe it's f- maybe maybe it's six, but it's a very small number. That's crazy. Isn't which it? is which is insane. But oh, they don't kick or score more points like what? dopes. Uh, there's so much more to being a running back than just scoring touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, it's not like the NFL has just completely gone away from running the football. It's, it's, it's basically like 55-45 in the pass-run balance.
1: Yeah, it's still a vital component. But
0: my question is, is this like a big story to you? I mean, I, I kind of feel – Saquon? No, just running back pay in general. Right, running back pay in general, because my theory is this: you care about something when it pops up, like concussions. You are like, yeah, we need to do something about concussions. But when you have a player on your team miss a game because of concussion-like symptoms, and it's and it goes on for a couple of weeks, it's like, was he really? Well, are are, are he's he gonna play? Is he gonna play? I kind of feel the same way with running backs. It's we all want to act. Like, we're outraged about their pay, and they deserve more. But at the core – You don't want your team to pay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I'm i watching – I'm watching – first take is up right now. Get up is up right now. Both of them are talking about the running back story in the NFL. And I'm a pretty diehard sports fan, and it affects Josh Jacobs. But I'm at the point where I'm like, camp's here? So, I mean, can we – There's some storylines that aren't necessarily major storylines, but this just seems to be all anyone wants to talk about right now. Well, I
1: don't think it's changing either. No. Because ownership groups have – they've just made their mind up, right? General managers have made their mind up that in terms of roster construction, they're just not going to allot as much money anymore to running backs. Yeah. They aren't. And they're they're going to continue to draft running backs. And, oh, by the way, they're going to take those running backs – for the, the large majority, third round or later. And when that's the case, it's not changing.
0: Especially whenever, what's your boy's name? Isaiah Pacheco.
1: Is a seventh round pick and comes in, and you go and you win a world championship with him, and he winds up better than what you <laughs> spin a first round pick on. <laughs> uh, I, I disagree, Travis. Yeah, that's that's bad for Everybody else, every other running back, Pacheco, hey, it's a great story for Rutgers. It's a great story for Isaiah, but for everybody else, eh, not necessarily a great story for the running back position.
0: I uh, Travis said, nobody is saying running backs are not important. I disagree. Go look on Twitter.com. It's one of those. Go listen to national sports radio. When you say, oh, I can get a dude in the seventh round, that's basically saying, all right, well, they're not as important of a value as what they are when you get top-notch talent
1: and it's incorrect to say that they're not important
0: absolutely a bazillion percent but
1: could not agree more but because of the shift again by ownership and general managers yeah yeah, i mean now there's this this theory you see comments all the time on x.com
0: that's right it's no longer twitter is it are we supposed to say x.com instead of twitter anymore and I, that's, hey, that's what, and it pops up on Twitter. It says
1: Twitter. Just rename it Musk. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's let's get it over with. Uh, I don't get it.
0: All right. I threw this out here on X, x.com.
1: <laughs> it's, it just feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? Right. It just
0: doesn't necessarily seem to fit. Here's the question that I, and I posed it. I, I think I sent the tweet out. Maybe I didn't. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Okay. This is the topic of conversation for this segment. What college football team is getting undeserved hype? Who are you not buying heading into the 2023 season? I feel like... I've every, got a name for you. I feel like every offseason, there's there's Texas and Michigan and all those a and M a and m every year. But who you got? Who you got that's getting undeserved hype, Josh?
1: I don't know that it's totally undeserved, but I do like Iowa to win the Big Ten West. Uh-huh. And part of that's, of course probably because uh, I've got black and gold blinders on, the same way that I've got crimson and cream blinders on to some degree. But uh, Wisconsin is this team that naturally everybody talks about, oh, it's just going to click straight (sighs) away with Luke Fickle. And, oh, my gosh, Phil Longo's coming over as the offensive coordinator that was at North Carolina. And And Tanner Mordecai's a really nice quarterback, did some great things at SMU. But this idea that Wisconsin is potentially a college football playoff surprise candidate, they might win the Big Ten West. Again, I'm taking Iowa, but they might win the Big Ten West. They, to me, I'm going to be shocked if they're anywhere close to as good as Michigan or Ohio State, and yet they get talked about like, hey, look out for Wisconsin. Mm. They might get there under Fickle eventually, but right here, right now, year one, okay, I'm not buying it.
0: Yeah, me neither. I mean, that's a good one. In fact, I, I, I was surprised to see their over-under win total was where it was. Because I, I kind of fell for them as, as an over team. I want to just double check this to make sure that I don't screw it up. I want to be factual in this one and not make something up here, Colin. I hope I hope this is acceptable for sports radio. Yeah, nine. It was at nine. I'm like, whoa. And, and part of that speaks to, well,
1: the rest of the West. But – Okay, okay. So you're saying, look at that big well, 10 West. Well, that's everybody saying, yeah, Purdue doesn't have – Aiden O'Connell back, and, yeah, Illinois just lost uh, our man to the Seattle Seahawks. So right. Yeah, there's – you know what I mean? There's, there's Iowa and there's Wisconsin in the West. And everybody else on paper eh, might stink. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of people would tell you Iowa or Wisconsin aren't very good either. So, I, I have a – can I hedge a bet here?
0: Can I, can I just throw this? I think whoever loses the LSU-Florida State game – could be an under underwhelmer. I, but I'm not so sure that both won't be underwhelming. I've I don't know if I've seen a hype train quite like LSU football in 2023 in a minute. And I don't I don't know why. I, I guess it's this belief in in Brian Kelly and went you, over Bama. Right. And you have Jane Williams come back. Uh, Jane Daniels, excuse me, coming back. But. This is – they beat Alabama in one of the biggest wins of the year, turned around, should have lost to Arkansas.
1: And then dropped the stinker to A&M.
0: And got smoked by Texas. Didn't just lose, Josh. Got smoked by A&M.
1: People love that wide receiver core.
0: I guess so. They were outscored. They gave up 88 points in their final two regular season games against our, our two games of the season with the conference SEC championship game and the LSU AM and game. They give up 38 to an offensively inept Texas A&M team. It's just – and yet everyone's like, are they a championship contender? But you're right. It's that receiver room. It's the playmakers. It's Daniels. It's the skill. Oh, They can just get a little bit of defense. Look out is what I constantly defending hear. Defending West. Cheers. Right. Right. And then, you know, Florida State, I, I, I know we saw it firsthand. We saw it in the cheese it Bowl.
1: Which is... And let's hope they're really good, because that might be a great sign for Oklahoma. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. There's that part of me where it's like, I don't really necessarily know if I should should go all in on this. Is this the time the bowl game carries
1: over or right, not? Right.
0: But they're... You know, they open with LSU, and then immediately in week four, they've got to travel to Clemson. So that could be a two-and-two two football team after week four.
1: Or if they win both of those games, they, might be, the, they might be the number one team in
0: America. Right, but... Again, I think this goes back to – Jordan Travis, this goes back to having your quarterback back. And verse. And verse, right? I mean, that's a, that was a big decision. But this is – I mean, this is also a team that lost to North Carolina State and lost to Wake Forest. And they had that three-game stretch. Got beat by Clemson last year, and I kind of felt like they got a bunch of hype by beating a Georgia Tech team that had just fired its coach – a Miami team that was underwhelming, a Syracuse team that wasn't very good, and then they beat a Florida team that by that point was a shell of what Florida had been in years past. Am I trying to look back – am I going Phil feel and looking back on – in 2021 I had, in 2022 maybe a little bit. But when you talk about teams that are getting, I mean, unparalleled hype, Right, LSU and Florida State are there.
1: And that's a Sunday night game, right?
0: Yes, that's right. That's the that's the Sunday night game. Really, because the Monday night game is a thriller in the opening weekend, Josh.
1: Yeah, who, who's on Monday Clemson
0: again? and Duke are the Monday night <laughs> well, game. Well,
1: it'll be great to watch Clemson and, uh, you know, okay to watch Duke.
0: They've become a pick. They won their final six games, talking about Florida State. They bring back – did I say Jordan Travis – that's it, right? It's Jordan Travis. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's know. Jordan Travis. I don't know why I want to say Travis Jordan for some reason. Jared Veris is back. Um, but I guess that LSU – and that's going to be a oh, wild be, Florida State crowd in Orlando.
1: And that game is going to be regarded as this massive blockbuster, as it should, going in on paper, right? So right. The, the winner of that thing – all of a sudden, yeah, there's you, you kind of have the national championship sure. expectations for both going in, but the winner of that game coming out of it, it's like, okay, hey, here's a, a definite college football playoff contender. So, okay, I think there's
0: different levels of this, too. It's Plank Show, we're talking about potential underachievers, because what sparked this thought in my mind was listening to Toby talk to Chris Level. If you... With peace and love, Chris. Peace and that, yeah, it was a great interview, and I learned a lot about tech. But if, if you were to tell me that you felt like Texas Tech is a team that could you know compete to play in the Big 12 championship game, I'm listen. I'm like, okay, all right. I think they've got a chance. But if you go, I don't know, like Heather Denich did, where it's they are a surprise four team playoff
1: contender. They I don't, could be
0: just like TCU. I don't think I can get on board with that. I just I I don't.
1: I have a tough time getting to Tech's going to be in the Big 12 championship game.
0: You want to speak of teams that are just hard as you know what to figure out. Make sense of the 2022 Texas Tech football season. Make it make sense. And again, right, injuries played a major part of that. They had a, what? What did they end up playing? Four quarterbacks last year in a first year quarterback or a first year offensive scheme, right? Yeah. So it was it was difficult, but I. There's certain games that I hold against a team maybe a little bit too much.
1: Positively or negatively.
0: Absolutely a bazillion percent. I can't get away from that dud they laid against Baylor. I can't get away from it. They had Baylor coming in after having beaten West Virginia, and Baylor was not in a good spot, and the Bears beat them 45-17. to I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't been able to let go of. That's one of those games, Josh, where I'm. Uh, it's just it's kind of gross, and that was a bad Baylor team. But I feel like there's a there's a constant theme in most of these teams, right? They had a big bowl game performance. Texas Tech Wheaton, went and beat up Ole Miss in its bowl game, right? Beat them, beat them by three scores. Um. Florida State, I mean, they didn't really beat up, but they beat Oklahoma. You right? get credit for beating OU. You, you get credit for beating OU. LSU dominated his bowl game over a I, – I noticed Drew Brees hasn't been asked back to help in coaching in any way, shape, or form since that game, right? I feel like a lot of these
1: are – Who played quarterback for Purdue in that game?
0: Because I don't think it was Aiden O'Connor. No, it wasn't. But my – I just – I'm having a hard time with some of these teams that are getting all this hype. But then in that same vein, th- there's levels to right? If you're going to tell me that you think Texas Tech could be a sleeper team to compete in the Big 12, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll buy that. If you're telling me you think Texas Tech is going to be knocking on the door of a four-team playoff, then I think you're losing your mind, which gets me to a team I want to talk about when we come back. Okay. All right? And, and then we'll we'll get to you on the Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Three four three nine, Or you can use the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Uh, very first team in T-Row's top 25 was Texas Tech today, so it got me thinking about teams that have been getting undeserved hype or getting a little bit too carried away. But I think this next team that I want to talk about, it's about levels that we just talked about with Tech. You want to tell me Tech can be a team that can be better, better than what, 8-4, 8-5 that they were last year and battle to play in Arlington, the Big 12 championship game? Fine, I'm here for it. This next team, I feel like we've built to where if they don't make the playoffs, then it's a disappointing season. I think that's unfair, but I think they're going to disappoint, and we'll get into it next right here on The Ref. Oh, somebody is thinking the way that I'm thinking, Josh. Somebody is thinking the way that I'm thinking. By the way, I'm getting absolutely zero interaction on this tweet. None whatsoever. This must be the new, like, you got to. they're saying that you got to subscribe to Twitter Blue to get the true interactions now. Am I being shadow banned? Shadow Band 405, 6513439. Uh, we're talking about college football teams that are getting a bit of undeserved hype this season. Now again, this is a new topic. No one has brought this up in the history of sports radio, especially in a college football town leading up or a college football state leading up to a college football season. Which for Oklahoma, we are now what? 35 minutes away from being 39 days, 23 hours. I mean, it's it's getting here. It's getting. It. But we're talking about levels, right? So if your expectation is, I want to have a 10-win season and I want to compete for and win my conference championship, right? If that's if that's the hype that's around a team, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm fine with putting the techs of the world in there or the Tennessees of the world. This sudden idea that, Tennessee is going to break through the ceiling and win a conference championship and play in the big uh, the SEC championship game. I don't, I don't know if I'm buying that right now. I like Joe Milton a lot. But, again, maybe I'm holding one game against him from a few years ago. Nobody was talking about the greatness of Hinton Hooker whenever he came to Tennessee until he got in Josh Heupel's offense. Hinton Hooker was a castoff from Virginia Tech that we all joked about what? Dude, it's 50 years old and playing quarterback. But I'm all about Tennessee being a 10-win team and you know losing to Georgia whenever they play them in Athens. But if you're going to tell me that you know they're going to roll Georgia and they're going to play in the SEC Championship game and they're a playoff team, I don't I don't know, Josh. I don't know if that's where I am right now with Tennessee.
1: Yeah, they're not beating Georgia. You got to show me that you're beating Georgia.
0: You know what else they've got this week?
1: Or this week, excuse me,
0: this year, they've got to go to Florida. And I don't know if you have dug into the history. I found myself diving into a, a a little bit now that we are true members of the SEC. But they haven't won in Florida in a long time. In a long time and there's been many times that florida has gone in there as the better team and got or, excuse me tennessee's gone in there as the better team and got beat i was trying to see let's go back there when was the last time that tennessee won in gainesville wow wow dude the last time tennessee won in gainesville was 2003 oh my goodness now again they're they're not going there every year but They've lost, uh, they've lost his favorites when they went to Gainesville. They absolutely, positively, absolutely, positively are in a must-win situation. They're going to go into that game. I don't know what Florida is this year. I have no idea. I think it's one of the great unknowns in college football this season. It's but going,
1: going in, they're not expected to be legitimate threat in the East. Right. No, Exactly.
0: But, you know, we're, we're pushing through this Tennessee team to championship contenders just because we liked, again, what? What Joe Milton did in the bowl game, yet no one forgets that when he came into the game against South Carolina, he absolutely laid an egg. So, I, I don't know, man. I'm just not – I'm not a believer in Tennessee as a championship contender. Ten-win season – Someone that's knocking on the door of being better, recruiting their backsides off. Absolutely. But you got to go be Florida in week four, you know, our week three, excuse
1: me, you go do that. All right, let's have a conversation. Sure. Now that's you digging into the history. There shows that that is a sneakily important date for them to show. Okay. Hey, we've turned the corner. We're right. here to stay. We're a factor in this conference and particularly in this division. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, here was I had a couple of other notes, but because, because I'm an old man now, I've got to break out the readers. You know what we need to get? I need to take advantage of this radio thing for something. I need to get one of those deals where they can fix my eye so I don't have to worry about readers. Isn't that out there now, where they can do a corrective surgery on your eyes and you don't have to wear readers?
1: Yeah, I might have heard something about that here or <laughs> there.
0: The balls, uh, the Tennessee Vols, not only haven't won against. Florida in the swamp since 2003, but they haven't won two straight in the series since 03 and 4 four. They've lost nine straight games in the swamp and they, they got smoked 38, 14 the last time they went you to know, play at Florida. So I just think we, we see a quarterback or a big bowl game and you're like, Oh, look out, man. They beat Alabama. Let's go. But then you
1: kind of stop and you're like,
0: God, they also. I mean, I know. I know Milton got hurt, but geez, our hooker
1: got hurt. But come on. Well, and on the surface, that's a shocking thing to hear. Oh my gosh, they haven't won there since '03, and they've lost nine straight. You know, Florida was winning national championships during a portion. Sure. Oh, of I, that. that was a. Those were really and, good Florida teams. And you know what Tennessee was doing? Not a whole heck of a whole lot. So. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, like,
1: yeah, it's that's a bad thing, and that's a measuring stick date for them, of course. I'm with you, but, you know, now that I think more about it, it's really not that shocking that Florida's beat them that many times there because guess what? Tennessee's not been very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, um, True Sooner has checked in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's going on, True? How are you? Good
2: morning. I'm Doing good, man. Glad to have you back, you know?
0: Thanks, uh, dude. Josh, uh.
2: You know, great as he usually does probably. i I was
0: very envious because I'd completely forgot that we were at Riverwind Casino on Friday, and you know how much I love my Fridays out at Riverwind. So I was very, very envious Thank of you. that. but I was sitting right, around yeah. I, I was sitting around having a noon beer with my dad. so that kind of might have actually,
1: yeah, that tips the scales uh, favorably in that uh, direction. Can,
0: can I just tell you this is how this is how funny my dad is. Uh, we, we we went in there and it was like eleven fifteen when we got over there. And he sat down, and he was talking with my son. My dad's an old Army guy. My son's at West Point now, so they, they're sharing their stories. My dad looks and goes, you want a beer? And my my stepmom goes, it's 11 15. And my dad goes, ah, noon on the East Coast. What do you say? <laughs> so it yeah, was it was o'clock. awesome. It was a good time. Five o'clock somewhere. That's five great. o'clock somewhere, as Toby <laughs> Keith once
2: said. That's right. That's right. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, oh, this is kind of a Sunday, or kind of a Sunday. This is kind of an uh, uh, off-the-topic thing, and it's a- it's a Friday thing and all that. I mean, uh, summer. Well, it's the middle uh, summer. of summer. So we're here. For it. Yeah. Fire away. But, but but I asked. I, I was talking to Josh. All right, I sent Josh a message the other day, and I was talking. And, and you're a little younger than I am. You're ten years younger than I am, Chris. So you may not. Obviously, you're not going to remember this because I was 14. But this. Have you seen this this thing on this Great imposter?
0: Oh, uh, you know what? I've got it DVR'd. I've got, like, two or three of them. I, I haven't. ESPN even,
2: documentary.
1: Right,
0: 30 for 30. I haven't had a yeah. chance to watch even all of the American Gladiators one. We talked about it one day, and I haven't got to watch the second part of it yet. I know, yet. me either. And the first one was so good. So good. But I've all got right. them DVR, and I've, I mean, I can watch them anytime, I guess, on ESPN+. Plus. But, no, no, I, I plan on watching that. Why, is it worth it or No.
2: Wait, well, yeah. So, so I'm sorry about that. I had a, the reason I was kind of loopy a second ago is I had a customer up here kind of talking to me. Anyway, uh, but, uh, these these uh, people, we're in the customers. live radio. Yeah. How here. Dare you <laughs>
1: interrupt the Plank Show? <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, basically, this dude. I remember this. I was 14, and I remember this. And and I don't know if you'll me me tell. I I'll just kind of tell you. I mean, Go ahead. I you know. I know, know this story. You're yeah. not going to
0: ruin it for anyone.
2: Yeah. So the dude. The dude. Like. He. I, I'd kind of forgotten about him until I saw that. Until I saw this, but. The dude, like he, he, got into an NBA All Star game. He, right. He, so what it was is him and some buddies were having a shoot around one day, and they they said, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can get in and at least get in the layup line at the NBA All Star game." <laughs> well, then three other guys that he's playing with said the same thing. You know, if you if you can at least get in the layup line, we'll give you a hundred bucks. So he was able to get a hold of a a a, a Los, Los Angeles, or I'm sorry, Kansas City Kings uniform. Uh, or our warm-up suit, warm-up mm-hmm. suit. He stole it, basically stole it off the bench while they were out. Anyway, he got a hold of a Kansas City Kings warm-up suit, basically went into the arena with the warm-up suit under his regular clothes, got into a bathroom, pulled his clothes off. He had this uh, Kings thing on, warm-up on, got into the layup line and was basically that people were talking to him, you know, players were talking mm-hmm. to him like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I, yeah, I'm an imposter. And they're like, okay. And they went along with it. And he basically shot like three layups or whatever. Then he gets into the U.S. Open and shoots nine holes at a practice round in the U.S. Open with the guys. I don't know. Uh, can I
0: Can I just get a little sidebar yeah. to this? All right, this is just yeah. me thinking about security. I don't yeah. know if we should be celebrating different. this. I don't know if this no. is something in <laughs> well, today's was, era. No. And true, it's, it's hilarious because it's from a different time. But I don't yeah. really know if this is something we can be encouraged. We should be encouraged. I mean, we got morons on TikTok that are walking <laughs> into people's homes. I mean, you do that to me, it's probably going to end for you. Well, so yeah, I, I don't know if this is the <laughs> smartest thing to be promoting as a site. Now I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tell the yeah. stories, but I don't know if it's the smartest thing to be out promoting.
2: And then he's out there. He's out there at the Major League All Star Game, and he's out there, and he's play, he's out in the outfield, and he's introducing himself. You know to the players, and he gets his picture taken with the Major League All Stars. You know when they do, when they do their group picture, and then he dresses up like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Blah blah blah. He can, can you? Anyway. Can you?
0: By the way, give me what's the drama in this? Why is this? Why is there a, okay. like a daughter and a son that's involved okay. in it?
2: Okay. Okay. So what happens? What ends up happening? I'll just give you the, the yeah. Ruin it for me. Quick. I don't think I want to watch yeah. it now. <laughs> so what ends up happening is at at the end of the story, Jeremy or Jeremy Schaff, is that the son? That's the, the son, younger Shep. Yeah. He's the one that kind of latches on and kind of helps him around and gets him credentials and stuff like that. Anyway, at the very end, it says eight years later. Everybody thinks it's over with. So the guy ended up being a sperm donor uh, when he first got married to his wife. They needed extra money, and he's got like 45 kids that he didn't even know about. (laughs) And they all look like him. They look just like him, and they go to this region. It's wow. really a cool it's a cool thing. You need
0: to watch it. All right, all right, I'll do it. Thanks, wow. true. Okay, well the, the, the there's name. a the, so, yeah. there's a family guy episode like that.
1: The
2: too. uh I, I got
1: to say I was out on the whole production until the the that final twist. Donor, and, yeah. The final twist brought me uh brought me back in. I'm curious. I want
0: to I want to laugh at the person that's like,
1: "Oh, I ruined it." Wow, I was waiting for that. Boy, Maya. That was an adventure though.
0: True took us on a trip. <laughs> My teams that won't meet expectations this year. Topic is such a hit. It's led true to recap a 30 for 30 and it's generated a whopping um, one text message on it and two tweets. I think everyone is tired of the hype.
1: We uh, we did get a couple of tweets though. Yeah, that was well, nice.
0: like, yeah, that too. Thank you, thank you for the two. I really, really just knocking down barriers here with these topics. To the guy that was like, well, "Why don't you talk some football?" In the there, that's why, that's why. All right, well, that's would why. Would you
1: like some Mister Imposter?
0: Would would you? Why don't you tell me what you want to talk about? Do you feel like, in all seriousness, um, <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sorry, this just popped in. Um, Chavez <laughs> and Doles writes. Well, I guess I can delete that off my DVR.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I don't funny. think I, I. think I've got about fifty things on my DVR that I'm never gonna watch, but for some reason I just leave them on there. I've got a. I've got a, a show off the Smithsonian Network that's called Airline Disasters, and I watched one of them, and I was like, I don't think I need to be watching this show, but for some reason I don't delete them. I've got about five or six interventions, and I started watching one last night, and I was like, I don't think I want to watch this, but I'm not going to delete it off because you never know when you might be in the mood for it. Sure. Right? Yeah, you can delete that one off your DVR. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I think the, the hype train of media days adds to this buzz even more, just in one final thought. It adds this buzz even more because you finally start to talk about the teams and some of the players, and you start talking about if you really want to nerd out some of the schemes, and you talk about the changes that have been made in a coaching staff or in an approach. You know, the, What was the big story from the first day of SEC Media Days going back to last Tuesday? What did it center around? It centered around, whoa, Bobby Petrino's not going to call plays? Wait, hold on. What's going on here, right? <laughs> right. Pretty significant story. You know, Nick Saban brought a little juice on day two because he's still not naming his quarterback. And there's many that feel like Nick Saban might go as far as even waiting until after, you know, the first game, not to give Texas kind of any of an of an idea as to what they might be doing at the quarterback position, right? So there's that. But I I honestly think with us still being more than a month away from you know, the true good slate of games because mm-hmm. I guess I guess we're trying to do the whole it's not week zero it's week one thing in college football again this year kind of when we're like no 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 it's not the first four it's the first round of the tournament and we're like no 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 it's it's the first four right this is week zero you can't have your marquee game be no- Navy Notre Dame and Ireland and be like oh here nice we go, go. <laughs> we go right you just can't Giddy up but I still feel like we're far enough away from week one of the season to where some of that buzz, you're like, okay, I'm here for it, but I, I need to see some stuff, right? I need a talking season is in full swing, but I, I need to see some stuff that kind of verifies to me that, all right, this is different or this is going to change or this is good. And for some of us that seeing it, right, Sooner fans, isn't going to happen till the fourth week of the season, right, because everyone expects 3-0. and Mm-hmm. And unless one of those games is tight or, or doesn't go use way, then we'll have a much different conversation. So I feel like from a hype perspective, and I know we got a break, hype perspective, as exciting as it was during media days, it still was more about, okay, what's going on off the field or what's going on with how NIL or the transfer portal is, is affecting things. I don't feel like we're quite to that okay, do we have a quarterback battle here or who's going to be our starting quarterback? Because we haven't even started practices yet
1: in college football. The initial dip the toes into the college football waters. It's the, okay, I think we can start legitimately talking about college football again.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Get to hear from the cast of characters.
0: All right, when we come back, there was one thing that we didn't really get to talk about on Friday's show. We were waiting on, on, of course, Taylor Tatum's commitment, which came to the University of Oklahoma, but Lane Kiffin made some headlines, and I, I think I've got his back. We'll get into it next right here on The Wrap. All right, college basketball news. Today, North Carolina and Kansas have announced they'll be playing a home-and-home home starting in 2024.
1: Nice. Tar yeah, that'll be really cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Tar Heels will travel to Lawrence for just the second time ever and the first time since 1960. That'll be the 24-25 season. Uh, the Jayhawks will play in Chapel Hill for the first time ever in the 25-26 season.
1: Wow. That yeah, that'll be that'll be great. And you know, why haven't those two played that's more? that's a good
0: question. That's a good question.
1: The Champions Classic has been a great thing. Uh-huh. That uh they they've put together with Duke and Kentucky and with Michigan State and it doesn't include North Carolina, right? So it doesn't pro- you know, it doesn't provide Kansas the opportunity to play them, but really those programs and toss UCLA Indiana. I mean, those programs, yeah, they should play each other.
0: No, no, absolutely.
1: It's good for the sport.
0: And uh, I just saw this from Red Dirt Sports on Twitter. I guess Red Dirt Sport is one of the few people that I'm still seeing their tweets. But the alma mater, the Golden Hurricane for the University of Tulsa, have a mini plan for uh, the Oklahoma game. That will include the Oklahoma game. Which, by the way, incredibly well-priced. Is this true, Redder Sport? They have um, a premium plan starting at just $55 that includes the Oklahoma game, the Rice game, and the Chattanooga game. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great deal. I'd be all over that, not just Sooner fans, but TU fans, to get an opportunity to see Oklahoma playing Tulsa, which is going to be a great environment. Last time we went up to Tulsa, I want to say it was, what, 15, 16? And that was – it was just a miserable day. It rained the whole day. It was a mess. But Oklahoma won the game. A fun day. But this looks awesome. OU, Rice, Chattanooga, $55. There's another package that includes a Temple game where you could get there as, as easily as 30 bucks. I can't find a link for it. That's just a screenshot. But, shoot, I might – I'm those to I'm <laughs> let's, let's go buy a bunch of tickets. Let's go make some money, Josh. But there you go. You can, uh, if you are uh, looking ahead. Now, I will say kudos to the University of Tulsa for that mini plan because there was a time where that ticket price would be jacked up and it would be almost unaffordable, right? I mean, you would, <laughs> you would be like, uh, you got buy or, or some places you got to buy season tickets mm-hmm. in order to get a ticket. And I think I think truer someone was telling me about how they had bought season tickets to one of the softball schools just in order to get tickets to the OU game. So Tulsahurricane.com, there is uh, oh, there you go. It's up at Tulsahurricane.com on their ticket page. You can buy it right now. The mini plans just went on sale this morning. So that might be uh, it might be pretty cool to get out and see Oklahoma and Tulsa play in in September all right speaking of Oklahoma real quick before we get caught up on a break do you find yourself caring about Heisman conversations at all this early in the year I kind of feel like it's a little bit pointless but is it is it a topic of conversation that resonates with Josh Helmer
1: not a ton because right now on paper it doesn't feel like Oklahoma has a serious candidate
0: okay I'm glad you brought that up the the athletic Held a a draft. And it's kind of funny because they snake draft Heisman candidates. And they it's a competition at the winner, you pick the winner, you get fifteen points, second place, get nine points, so on and so forth. And the number one pick was Caleb Williams. Caleb to re- Williams. To repeat. Absolutely. Uh among the among the, let's see, three, six, eight people that were involved in this. There was only one non-quarterback that was taken in the first round, and that was Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel did go. He was drafted. How, how many rounds was it, you said? It was, let's see, they had four rounds. Okay. Four rounds with eight guys, so 32.
1: Is that yeah, possible? 32 picks. There you go.
0: 32 picks. Dylan Gabriel was taken – in the third round, but after names like, well, we could go through the whole second round, but Connor Wigman was taken out of Dylan Gabriel. Xavier Worthy was taken out of Dylan Gabriel, as was Brock Bowers and Quinshawn Judkins, the running back at Ole Miss in the third round.
1: Yeah, a lot of names that obviously are not going to win the Heisman. Right, exactly.
0: It's funny, we're talking about players that won't meet expectations. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. The Washington hype train is a little bit out of control right now. Michael Penix Jr. was the fourth name off the board that was selected in this.
1: Yeah, p- people love uh, Washington.
0: Kyle McCord, uh, who may end up being Ohio State, think he will be Probably in this Army quarterback, be. right? But two picks after him was J.J. McCarthy. So I, I don't know if Heisman talk matters much to you, but of the 32 potential Heisman candidates – Uh, Dylan Gabriel, I guess you would say went like 26th. Cade McNamara,
1: first round pick.
0: Cade McNamara was not a first round pick. (laughs)
1: Oh, he wasn't chosen. I will
0: say in the fourth round, they swung for the fences on a few guys. I see a Garrett Nussmeyer on here. I see a, uh, JT Tuimola, the kid out of Ohio state. But if you find yourself caring about Heisman trophy odds, there you go.
1: And that's a great little content creator. Why by not? N- Why nice not? job. He'll
0: get some clicks. Oh, and by the way, Jesse G hit us up on uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. He writes, on True Sooner's call, yeah, that's a pretty good documentary. I actually almost changed the channel, but it hooked me at the last minute. I'm glad I watched it. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know if we should be celebrating that. And then a, a, Stuts, a Gunny of Stutzman's Army, right? Yeah, Plank, like, you need to be watching about airplane cla- crashes and stuff. <laughs> Bro, well, you have no idea. You have no idea how much I do. It's dark, ridiculous. Dark uh, media consumer. Terrible. All right, quick break. We're back to wrap hour two. Top five stories of the day around the corner on the ref. We uh, had a little bit more buzz building on the of meyer Chevrolet text line and also on the question that we uh, we posed at the top of hour two. College football is right around the corner. Who are you not buying heading into the 2023 season? Uh, a couple people jumped on board with me on Tennessee. But uh, Mike writes, at depth under chart dude. What a Twitter handle. Florida State, A&M, Colorado, and Tennessee. Here's the thing on Colorado, though. I don't really know. I don't know what kind of hype they're truly getting
1: outside of idiots. Right. I mean, if I you mean, think that Colorado's going to be a bowl team, I've got some oceanfront property I'd like to sell you. Ryan McLaughlin
0: hits us up on Twitter and says, Tennessee and USC. Listen, I – USC schedule is just so favorable, man. I don't I don't know if I don't know if you've seen a team with a defending Heisman Trophy champion or Heisman Trophy winner, I guess. I got another team that has team a more favorable schedule. Who's
1: that? Another team out of the Big 10 for you. Oh, I like this. Who do you think it's going to be? Penn State. That's correct. Oh, are you serious? Ding ding ding. That's the one. It's like Just show me that you can beat Michigan or Ohio State before you tell me that Drew Aller is the anointed one and they're going to go win this division and and get to the college football playoff. I'll believe it when I see it. Stop it. Just
0: let it play out with certain teams. I feel like the same way with Texas. Texas is the inevitable and annual answer on this one. And maybe we've done this show before and it's all Texas. Maybe we should have without outside of Texas. But honestly, I guess we really can't truly do this show until we know what that preseason top 25 looks like, right? I haven't seen it yet. Toby got me fired up. That's why. Top five stories of the day next.